It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Good afternoon, everyone. We are recording from our safe distance in the Hammered Sports Lounge. Um, on Saturday afternoon, uh, we haven't really done many, many of these weekend podcasts, but uh, decided to make our way out. We needed some outdoor time today, so we played 18 holes this morning. Yeah, it was a little muddy. It was muddy. Um, no flags. Uh, worm castings all over the greens. But hey, we were outside. We were playing huh? golf. We were getting some exercise, and it was much-needed mental relief for me. And you really zip along when everyone has their own cart. Yeah, and there was nobody there either. We were the zipping. only we were the only ones playing golf out there. It was amazing. So a little, little under three hours for eighteen holes. It's yep. not bad. Yep, moved right moved right along. So um, today's podcast is going to be a brief one. Um, not much news at all when it comes to the free agency. Uh, but the NFL draft is creeping up on us, and thankfully they have determined that they will go on with the draft. There's no concerns about that being canceled any longer. Yeah, they've they've worked it out. I think. Uh, Everyone's going to be in their own facility, Yeah, uh, sounds like, and um, only a few people in each room. So the Bills War Room, I know, is only going to have like three guys in it, yeah. and the rest are going to be on call. Um, Everybody will be on Zoom meetings or yeah. WebEx or something. And so. then um, they're going to, each player in the top whatever who normally would be there to meet the commissioners working with EA Sports, they're going to have animated uh <laughs> process when they get picked they'll have an animation of them going up and meeting the commissioner and stuff yeah. so and they're each being able to donate to a uh school of their choice it's like twenty five hundred dollars per per kid so that's pretty yeah. good um there was one little bit of news i just wanted to share this with you it just came out um a bunch of the major sports commissioners and top executives have met with president trump and officials today um, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, Major League Soccer, WNBA, WWE Wrestling, PGA Tour, UFC, IndyCar, LPGA, and even the Breeders' Cup. They all met with the White House staff to kind of talk about when they should be looking at going over. Um, from the reports, it looks like they're talking August for fans in stadiums right now. Um, good news is college football and pro football should be able to start on time. Bad news is for the rest of them is figuring out what to do in the meantime. Yeah. And, you know, I, I anticipate maybe there will be a little bit of, uh, there may be a little delay to the, to the start of the off season preparation for football. Um, so you might see a sloppy product early on. They're missing all of those mini camps, all the OTAs, all that type of stuff. So, um, it could be an interesting start to the year. Things just may not be clicking for, for teams. And, as the season progresses, you may see teams come into their own. Right. Um, it, it's going to be tough for uh, when you're looking at college football in particular. I think that teams that have major turnover or new coaching staffs, they're going to be in disarray early on in the season. Yeah. So that may be a nice angle to, to jump on when you start betting college football in the fall is look at those staffs that have had major turnover, those who have had positions, you're a new quarterback, somebody who's been a stalwart there for a number of years. Um, new system implementation in particular could be really challenging. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I look to uh, try to take advantage of that. Always trying to get an edge. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, for NFL, you think rookie minicamp would normally be like the first week in May. That's obviously not happening. Then you have veteran minicamp. It's usually the beginning of June-ish, yeah. uh, right before Father's Day. So that's not going to happen. 
um, for sure. Those aren't happening. And then it'll be, are they able to start training camp on time? Right. They'll probably be able to start it, but you know, no fans. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, should be very interesting. Hopefully this thing is, is going to get better shortly and then we won't have as much to worry about. Uh, I hope major league baseball starts playing games without fans. Cause I could really use something. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. I, I want golf again. I mean, yeah. just give me, give me something. We don't need UFC fans. events in foreign countries. I don't care where you yeah. do this. Let me Here. give me some kind of sport. Yeah. TV. UFC events on aircraft carry sounds really cool. I know that was an idea there. Yeah. Throughout there. That sounded cool. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go over linebackers today. Uh, Tom and I both have our top 10 list and quarterbacks. So, um, with linebackers, I want to qualify that a little bit because there are plenty of guys that would be maybe deemed an outside linebacker, um, a three, four linebacker, um, that we're excluding here because they're going to be primarily edge rushers is our perception going into the NFL guys like Chase Young, um, Terrell Lewis, um, you tur- uh, gross matos. Yeah. Um, we do have, we did add, um, Caleb on chase on is on our list today as a linebacker, because I think he could be used to drop back a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Zach Bond is on our list. I think easily he's a, he's, he, he's a linebacker. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for Jennings, um, I think he's going to play more than just rushing the passer. Absolutely. Um, so those, those type of guys we did add. Um, so, but if you're going through the list and going, yeah, how the hell does he not have chase young on his list? If he's going to play, you know, outside linebacker in a three, four, well, because he's going to be an edge rusher and yeah. we're going to do edge rushers in another episode later on. Yes. So uh, let's jump right in, Tom. We'll go uh, starting at 10 and uh, work our way down in the linebacker rankings. And um, I'll, I'll start first. I have uh, at number 10, Monty Rice from Georgia. Um, he has been there for three years of, of significant playing time. And he's not a tackling machine, but he's got a lot of athleticism. Um I think he'll fit as more of an outside linebacker in the NFL. I think he's got good speed and, and the ability to uh, get involved maybe in some blitz packages. But uh, Monty Rice at number 10 for me. I have Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech. Uh, Jordan Brooks played uh, four years, 360 tackles in his four seasons um, at Texas Tech. Uh, he's big, physical guy. It'll be interesting to see um, kind of how he translates to the NFL. 6'1", 245. Um, very fast, has pretty good range for his size. I'm interested to see where he gets put. If he's more moved to the middle, I think in a, a 4-3 he might be um, a weak side linebacker, or uh, I think he's probably better suited for a 3-4 inside linebacker, but it'll be interesting to see where he goes. But I love his tackling ability and his experience. He just missed my list. He, yeah. he, was, he was at 11 on my list. Um, who do you got at 9? I have Jacob Phillips um, yeah. from LSU. LSU. Yeah. Uh, he's another kid similar similar mold. Um, he's been around. He makes plays. Uh, he's a willing tackler, able tackler. Um, another guy, 6'4", 233, definitely more of an outside guy, but uh, very good tackler. Um, and I love guys with experience from coming into the league. Uh, this is a guy who played in a lot of big games, obviously, playing for LSU. Um, definitely going to be uh, someone is going to like him. Yeah. I have at number nine, uh, David Woodward from Utah State. Uh, this is a guy that I really like. I mean, it, this kid, 
let me just run through some numbers here for you. It looks like his season was cut a little short because he finished with only 93 tackles on the season. But listen to some of these game totals. San Diego State, 13 tackles, 7 solo. Colorado State, 14 tackles, 5 solo. LSU, 16 tackles, 11 solo. Nevada, 11 tackles, 6 solo. Air Force, 11 tackles, 4 solo. The kid is a tackling machine. Um, is he going to be limited athletically and, and not able to get sideline to sideline? You know, I mean, I, I think he's got enough athleticism to do the job out there. He had 134 tackles la- the season before last. Um, and then this year he was just every game, double digits plus. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a really good NFL player. Uh, maybe not a superstar, but I think you can plug him in and play him right away. I have Anthony Jennings at number nine. I think this kid has a lot of talent. I think maybe being a, a bit in between is going to be a detriment to him. Um, at 6'2", 256, he's a little small to be a D-end, maybe a little big to be an outside linebacker. But again, in the right scheme, as a 3-4 outside linebacker, he's going to be able to rush the ball or rush the passer a little bit, going to be in, be able to be in coverage. Um, I'm not a huge fan of comparisons in general, but I actually saw one I love on him, um, the NFL dot um, com has him compared to Kyle Van Noy, and that's exactly what I see when I when I watch him play. Um, last year with Alabama, eight sacks, twelve tackles for loss, interception, broke up um, five uh, five passes. So I mean, he's a little bit did a little bit of everything for Alabama. Also being a captain on that team, so uh, I have him at number nine. Yeah. Um, what about number or number eight? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, at number eight. I have Shaquille Quarterman from Miami. Um, the defense at the U was not really their problem. Uh, they, they've struggled offensively for a number of years, and they're not really on anybody's national radar. But um, I really like Quarterman. I think he's a, he's a great athlete. Can fly around the field. And um, one of the an, another one of the few true uh, inside linebacker types in this draft because there there are not a lot of them that are yeah. that are true like inside linebackers going to be uh, at slotted there right away in the NFL. Yeah, at eight I or at seven, you want to go ahead with your seven first. Okay, basically. at seven um, I have Malik Harrison. Um, Harrison is uh, Ohio State. Um, he's a, a very good football player. Uh, I expect that he will he'll be another guy that can play right away um, at the NFL level. His athleticism, his ability to uh, chase plays down, I, I expect him to make impact plays early and often in his career. Yeah, at seven, I have Josh Uche uh, from Michigan, um, 6'1", 245. I think he's one of those ones that translates well to the linebacker position in the NFL. Um he, he's able to rush the passer a little bit. I think in the senior bowl, you saw it a lot, him getting after the passer quite a bit. I'm not sure if that's actually what he's going to do the best in the NFL. Uh, he is a very good tackler, um, obviously a very strong defensive unit in Michigan, and he is one of the standouts on that unit. Um, number six, Kevin, I actually have Malik Harrison from Ohio State as well. Oh. Um, we kind of talked about him before. Super, uh, just everything you kind of want in a linebacker. I think if he gets in the right spot, he could be a just steal for somebody. He's amazing tackler, um, just a little bit of everything for him. Um, well, I think he's going to be a middle linebacker in a four three. I think that's kind of where he's at. He actually reminds me physically a little bit of Tremaine Edmonds. Obviously not as tall, but you know six three two forty six. 
big physical linebacker from from Ohio State. Yeah, um, at six for me is Anthony Jennings. Um, all the reasons that you pointed out, um, I really like the kid. I think he's going to be a really good player. He's obviously played at the highest level in college football. Um, being a leader on the team matters too. Um, so, so yeah. I really like him there. At number five, I have one of my favorite players in the NFL draft, and I'd be surprised if you have him on your list even. Um, so this is a guy that's kind of flown under the radar, um, but he is an absolute tackle machine, uh, Evan Weaver from Cal. Evan Weaver had 181 tackles this season. He had 155 tackles the season prior. He had a total of seven sacks between those two seasons. This year he had three forced fumbles. He had two interceptions in 2018. He does everything, and he's 6'3", 235, so maybe he needs to bulk up just a little bit if he wants to play inside at the next level. Um, But I I think that he is a, a tremendous, tremendous underrated everybody's overlooking him player that will absolutely come in. And he's one of those guys that if he's not given the opportunity right away, or he comes into a team that has a a great inside linebacker already, um, he'll contribute on special teams and he'll tackle guy. He'll tackle guys. He'll, he'll absolutely be a great player for a team. Uh, Another guy that had been a captain on his team, um, you know, playing at Cal and in the pac 12. So I I think Evan Weaver is a, a steal here. Yeah, uh, I actually like Weaver, too. He was my 11 or 12 in, in there towards the bottom as I was trying to sort him out. Um, where are we at? Five? Yeah. I have Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Um, there's something you could say. Maybe he's a he's an edge rusher. I know some people have him slated as one. Uh, I don't think so at all. I think this is a tried-and-true outside linebacker type. 4-3, uh, he's probably going to be the strong side linebacker. Uh, but if you're in a 3-4, he could probably play either side. Um Explosive 6'3", 240, another guy who's played a lot of big games. Um, he's very, uh, very solid. Like, there's nothing that really steps out to you that you're like, oh, he's got to really work on that. He's got a lot of um, good football IQ stuff, a lot of nice things. Um, when you see him on tape, he gets to where he needs to be at very quickly, and he's there and ready to make a play. Yeah. And you are at, what, number three? four now yeah this is where i have uh clavon chase on um he's another one that's a little in between d end and outside linebacker i think he's going to end up at outside linebacker just because i don't know if his frame can handle another 10 15 20 pounds he's pretty well filled out um 254 he came in at at the combine um and you know six and a half sacks last year um, all all SEC, 13 and a half tackles for loss. So definitely somebody who's in the backfield making plays consistently. Um, I'm just not sure he's big enough to be a DN, so I think he, he's going to be a, a linebacker. Yeah, so at four, I have uh, Caleb Monchase on as well. Um, and all the same reasons you mentioned. Uh, Tom's stealing my thunder right here now because at number three, I have Zach Bond. So um, you had him at five and four, right? Yeah. And I had them at four and three. Um, so, you know, those guys, that they're great players. They're with great programs. They're going to come in, and they're going to be great contributors right away. Absolutely, both of them. Um, at three, who do you got? Bond is who I had at three, oh. Zach Bond, yep. I have Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Um, I think he, again, this one is more of a tried and true inside linebacker type right away. Um, you know, uh, measured in 6'2", 234. A lot of time at Oklahoma. 
um, actually a graduating junior here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Murray is uh, the next guy on my list, too. <laughs> yeah. I have Kenneth Murray at number two. And then, uh, two, I have Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen. Oh, you know, you know how did I miss Patrick Queen here on when I was going through this? He, he would have made my list somewhere here. Um, I probably would have fit him around. Uh, right behind Evan Weaver, probably slot him in at like six. So, um, yeah, that's a mistake by me to, to miss him. I don't know how I did that. Yeah, I'm, I think Patrick Queen is going to be just a nightmare to deal with for offenses. He is very fast. Um, another, you know, same, same kind of mold, right? He's played in a lot of games, obviously, at LSU being a junior. Um, people rave about how smart he is. Football IQ is something people always talk about. Um you know, he, he's definitely going to be a starting linebacker, maybe even week or uh, week one of his, his senior season or of his rookie year. So, you know, very fast, quick to the ball, uh, very uh, confident tackler as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that at number one, it's probably consensus here. Um, Isaiah Simmons is far and away the, the best linebacker in this group. He does everything. He gets in the backfield. Um, constantly making plays there. He drops into coverage. He's going to be able to cover uh, the great tight ends in this league um, in a one-on-one fashion because he's played safety. Um, he's, he can rush off the edge. He can play middle linebacker. You can basically do anything you want with Isaiah Simmons, and um, he might be my favorite player in this draft. Yeah, he's um, his workout at the Combine was insane. Yeah. Um, I, I was reading that they expect him to be taken in the top five and he'd be the first linebacker taken in the top five since, like, Carl Banks. Yeah. Uh, just nasty. Um, everything he's doing is going to be crazy. I have uh, on my big uh, my big board, uh, Isaiah Simmons is the number one prospect. In, in, really? Even yeah. over Chase? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, much less bust factor out of Simmons than there – than there could be with Chase Young. I have the the Jadevian Clowney fear with Chase Young, where he may come in, he's very hyped. Um, you know, guys who are a one trick pony that rush the passer like that. Um, he for Chase Young, he he tended to disappear a little bit at times in in big games. Yeah. Um, I went back and watched the All Twenty Two of the college football semifinal, and he was neutralized for a, a ton of that game, and. Um, that was he, he just disappeared at times so to me that that's what scared me off him being number one on my big board so you know that's it for our linebacker for list yeah. yeah um now we're gonna move on to quarterbacks um and this is always fun discussion so <laughs> i'm interested to see how uh how our lists look at the bottom five i think you the know. middle is is where there's the most movement yeah um at 10 i'll start us off i have nate stanley from iowa I think he offers you a lot of – don't get me wrong. I think this guy's a career backup in the NFL, but I think he's going to be a very competent career backup. I think he's somebody that you can kind of count on. Um, perfect size for a quarterback. He has a solid um, pro-style background being at Iowa. Um, but he's just not – he's not overly athletic. He's not. He doesn't have the greatest arm, um, but he's solid. Yeah. Um, he just missed my list. 
Um, I elevated a couple of guys that I think are, are maybe a little bit lower on most people's boards here. Um, at number 10 for me um, is a guy who I think will see the field in the NFL, but I don't think that it will be as meaningful time as a starting quarterback, and that's Jalen Hurts. Um, I think it's a guy that he may get some packages, you know, get in there and in, in you know, almost like wildcat style. Um, but I can't count on a guy who played in the worst conference defensive conference in college football and ran the ball like crazy to come in and have that game translate to the next level. Um, people try to make the Lamar Jackson comparisons. I don't think there's any comparison between Lamar Jackson and, and Jalen Hurts. Um, so I have him slotted at 10. At uh, 9, uh, Oregon State signal caller Jake Luton, uh, seven. He had a great senior year, 28 touchdowns, I think six picks. Um, he makes smart decisions with the football. He is probably an NFL backup. He, I don't know that he has the potential to be starting material at the next level, uh, but I think that he could be competent in doing that. Come in and run someone's system, keep the keep them out of trouble. I mean, we we saw guys like Kyle Allen starting getting significant playing time this year, yeah. and um, you know playing a lot of games. There were, there were a lot of guys playing quarterback. You know, the Matt Moores of the world. It's the type of player that I think Luton will be, and there's a place for that in the NFL. There's, it's nothing to be ashamed of in any way. Yeah, that's kind of actually how I feel about my number nine pick, which is James Morgan from Florida International. Um, I love his the way he was coached up. I love his accuracy and being able to put the ball where he wants it. Um, again, prototypical size. You know, he's six four. I just don't know if he has um, the ability to go from left to right, right to left. And pick out the right the right person. Sometimes, a lot of time, you see him uh, get antsy in the pocket and either take sacks or just get rid of the ball um, when he really needs to stick in there and make some plays. So I think maybe some of that needs to be worked on. Um, but he is he definitely able. His accuracy was really nice. Uh, it was actually surprised me how accurate he was when I was watching him play the other day. Um, so yeah, Morgan at nine. Mm-hmm. At number eight, I have Steve Montez from Colorado. Good. What do you think of him? Montez, his numbers don't pop. No. But his skill sets do. Yes. That, that's how I feel about Montez. I have him at seven, actually. So. Yeah, uh, again, big, big, big quarterback. Same size you're looking for. Um, he definitely needs some coaching up. And I think this is somebody who really could make sure, if he gets in the right spot and he's able to learn from somebody who can teach him a little more, um, he was at Colorado where he was always at a, a talent deficit, and I think it shows a lot of times he wasn't trusting where he should go with the ball. Um, but physical, able to move, um, has a really nice arm. His arm is, yeah. you know, it's not top-end elite, mm-hmm. uh, but he's got a really strong arm, and it, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. If he goes to the right spot, gets coached up a little bit, maybe has a mentor there to, to coach him along, I think he could end up being a good career backup and some guy you're not worried about starting three, four games for you if somebody goes down. Yeah. Um, number eight for me was uh, Jacob Eason. So Eason couldn't win the job at Georgia, transfers to Washington, and then you watch a Washington program that they weren't all that excited about their quarterback play prior to, to Eason, and he came in and, and they were ineffective for a great portion of the season, completely underachieved. Um, Eason has all the tangible, you know, 
skill sets, the, the strong arm, phys, big physical kid. Um, I just don't see him as a top five caliber quarterback in this draft. Yeah. And um, I think that he fits well right here at, at number eight for me. Um, and I had Montez at seven for all the same reasons that you talked about. At seven, I have Jake Fromm. Um, I'm a big fan of Jake Fromm as far as it goes from a leadership ability um, I think he reads the field really well. I just don't think his arm is good enough. Um, I think he sees throws that are there, and he just can't get it there. And I think you see that sometimes when he played in the bigger games where he knows where it should go. He just can't get it there. Um, some of those seam throws, just he, he didn't have the arm, so it's low. It's behind his guy. Um, and it's not so you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to make good decisions. He's a great leader. I just don't think he has the arm talent, and that's why he's he is where he's at um, at seven on my board. Um, at six, I have Jacob Eason as well. I'm not huge on him. I think he has a lot of physical traits that are are very likable. Obviously, you, he bounced around for a reason. He got shots at multiple places. I, I'm just not a hundred percent sure that he's going to translate. You know, like you said, he struggled to win jobs from Jake from you yeah. know and uh, and then he and then he struggled to win games when he went to a place that um you know had had a lot of success recently yeah so i think um you know he's got a big arm uh he's tall physical specimen somebody's definitely going to take a flyer on him and say hey let's see if we can correct some of this stuff and get him to to where we want him to be. He's not somebody that's going to come in and, and be plugged in early on um but he is somebody that could end up he, if he if he hits the ground running, has a good quarterback coach, maybe a good uh, leading veteran quarterback in front of him, three maybe three years down the line he could start in the NFL. Um, it's just going to depend on his continuation of his development. So, um, at number six for me is Anthony Gordon from Washington State. Um, it's all about accuracy with him, uh, which was pretty solid. The the issue is that in that style of offense, is it going to translate to the next level is he going to be able to play at that level so um he had some amazing games where he was just throwing i think he, he threw seven touchdowns in one game maybe yeah um good player um stepped in in a, a crazy situation there at, at washington state where they lost their anticipated starter to suicide um you know in an awful sad situation there um but he stepped in and, and led that team, and uh, they overachieved ex according to expectations this year. So everyone expecting a, a terrible down year, and, and they still managed to have an all right season. So um, I like Anthony Gordon at six. At five, I have Jake Fromm. Uh, when I see Jake Fromm, I'm reminded of Chad Pennington um, in his ability to read the field, make the right decision, and try to get the ball there, but it is an arm strength issue for me. Yeah. Um, but I think that teams can scheme – yeah. If you, to that style. Yeah, if you put Jacob Eason's arm on Jake Fromm, you're talking about a top three player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I love all those leadership abilities that Fromm has. Um, I love his accuracy and his, his football intelligence. Um, but the question mark is just his arm strength. Yeah. At five, I actually, this is where I have Jalen Hurts. Um, to me, Jalen Hurts has a lot of ability. Um, obviously, his ability to run the ball is crazy. Um he is. He has an arm that's good enough. He can. He can throw it down the field. Uh, the one thing I would say is going through progressions um, and anticipation. Uh, those are the two biggest things I would say he needs to work on. 
Good thing is they can be worked on. Those are things he can get better with, um, especially if he has the right coaching at the next level. But I think his ability to, to throw the ball is good. His ability to move in the pocket, make plays happen, all of those things are, are plus for him. And as you see the NFL and you look around at quarterbacks right now, extending plays, getting yards with your legs when there isn't anything there, that's really what people are looking for and what's being successful. He has all of that already. So uh, I have him at five. And what about four? Who do you have him for? Four, I have Justin Herbert. Uh, to me, uh, yeah, I think you'll see a lot of people have him higher in their boards than this. Um, but at four, he's big, he's physical, he's got a big arm. I, I just don't see it. I don't see someone out there who's trying to just attack the defense and make big plays and win games. Uh, I actually had called Kevin at one point when I was watching his tape and was like, there are so many checkdowns here. It is insane to me how often he's just dropping the ball off when he's you know not trying to push it down the field in times where he needs to you know you give me a third and 10 third and 12 push the ball down the field take a risk that's when you need to not just drop it off and let's go punt so I'm not sure he has some of the the mental things that you need to be an NFL quarterback there are not a lot of open wide receivers and you are going to need to put it in tight spaces and I don't know if he has the uh, want to or confidence that he can do that. Yeah. I uh, also have Justin Herbert at number four. Um, I think that, My Her- man. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I was, I was high on Herbert two years ago. Yeah. Um, I was, I was telling everybody that I really liked him coming out, you know, moving to the next level. And then he came back for another season of college um, when he could have come out in the draft last year. And I don't know that it, it really helped him. You know, he, he, he actually put some worse stuff on tape. Um, a lot of concerns about his leadership ability, the fact that he's quiet, soft-spoken, um, not sure that a team wants to rally around him. Um, so that's why he, he falls here at four for me. Um, at three, I have Jordan Love. Um, Jordan Love has the arm talent. Uh, he's been in a system where the offensive coordinator has changed every year that he's been there. Uh, he lost all of the talent that he had from his junior year to his senior year. Uh, I think he's a senior. I can't remember, but um, 2018 to 2019, we'll say. Um, Red shirt junior. Yeah. Um, so he is a kid that it, it, he lost everything that was around him, and he had a poor season statistically this year. But he still, when you put it, the tape on and watch him, he makes throws. I don't know if anyone else in this draft can make. Yeah. I have him at three as well. He's he's just awesome. I, I honestly think that if um, – if he was at a better school, you know, I shouldn't say better. No, no offense, Utah State. Yeah. Uh, if he was at a bigger football school, he'd be much higher on everyone's radar. The things he can do um, physically are crazy. He's got a very good arm. He's accurate. Um, I think similar to Hertz, though, he needs to work on transitioning from target one to target two to target three and then getting rid of the ball. I think he does, you know, he took a lot of last year was kind of tough to evaluate even like you were saying like they lost everybody they were breaking in all new wide receivers um, a bunch of new offensive linemen and it showed but his ability again to move make plays with his legs keep plays alive with his legs and then that arm talent is just it's above what we were looking at with Hertz and um, Eason and Fromm yeah and who'd you have it to Tua Tagalavaila <laughs> um, I think these two are, are pretty easy uh, Tua if his didn't have an injury he'd probably it would be a lot closer for the race to number one but I think he's clearly slotted here between Joe and Jordan and uh he deserves to be 
super accurate. I mean, he's the most accurate passer, I think, in here. Um, just crazy quick release. A lot of gifts athletically. I mean, obviously, he can move with the ball. You know, he's he's a lefty, so I know you love that. Yeah. Um, but I just I think that there's a lot of talent there. Um, his ability to read a defense is very advanced for a lot of college players. Um, cool under pressure. I mean, can you even imagine any quarterback getting put, hey, we're going to bring you in to the second half of the National Championship game. Can you mind go winning it and, like, delivering on that? Yeah. That, to me, alone is just he's not he's not afraid of the big game. I mean, when that's your first taste of college football, that's crazy to me. And, uh, you know, this is a situation where I'm going to I'm going to kind of diverge from from the norm here. I, I have Joe Burrow at two. Um, I like Joe Burrow, but I'm not sure that he's not going to throw a bunch of interceptions at the next level. If he, he's got the swagger to, to make those throws, he developed the confidence to throw the ball into tight spots. But his receivers outmatched every secondary they played by a lot those guys made plays on every ball that was thrown their way uh burrow had a great season and you can't take anything away from him uh but i think that Tua, when you talk about upside has the upside to be better than joe burrow at the next level if you just evaluate what Tua did in college aside from you know the injury concerns if if, if you we're looking at this in a vacuum and there was no injury concern. Uh, and you just had to say, who's going to be the better quarterback in the NFL in five years if they're both healthy and, you know, they're both on the same team, right? Who Who is the quarterback that you would want to start the game for you? Tua, to me, has, you know, he's won the big games. He's done all of that stuff. And so has Burrow now. He, he did it in, in one season you know, the year prior wasn't that impressive. It was okay. Um, there, I don't think I don't know if he was in the top ten on many people's draft boards um, at the quarterback position going into this season, and he flew to the top because of the season that he had. Um, so obviously, I'm giving you two and one here. <laughs> um, I have Tua at number one. His ability to throw that slant on the money, on the run to guys all the time. Uh, he his accuracy, his ball placement, he's got the arm strength needed. He's got the athleticism needed. The only question marks come around his health. And, again, in a vacuum, if they're both healthy, in five years, Tua is the better quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow is amazing. Um, some of the things he was able to do this year is crazy. He's talking about 60 touchdowns in one season. That's nuts. Um, I mean, you can't even – 60 touchdowns, 5,600 yards. It's crazy some of that stuff he's able to do. What he does at an elite level – is get the ball to the right place all the time. Almost every time he's, all right, this is my matchup. This is where it needs to go. Ball's gone. Um, you know, he has a good arm. It's not, again, it's not top of the NFL elite. You know, there's a lot of guys with huge arms in the NFL. Sneaky he's, athleticism too. Yeah, yeah. He um he reminds me of, I don't know, he, he reminds me of those quarterbacks. He just he feels the pocket and he moves well in it. You know, he's not panicked. He's able to just slide a little bit here or there when he needs to. And that's something that I don't think a lot of kids learn very well. It's, it's an eight in some people, yeah, you yeah, know, they, he they, just knows he feels the pressure and knows, all right, I got to get to my left a little bit or I got to get to my right. And that's just amazing to watch. Um, his accuracy on deep balls is crazy. How often he's getting the ball where it needs to be. And you know, those throws, 
those contested throws, they're going to be there in the NFL. You know, starting off, he's probably going to have someone like A.J. Green catching those balls from him, and they're going to be there. Um, so I, I don't know if that necessarily will be a huge detriment. I think the, the ability to throw to someone who's, who's covered is something you need to learn because in college, everyone's open, right? In the NFL, nobody is. So a lot of times it takes those a year or two for some of those players to learn that. I don't think he's going to have that hiccup. Um, but his just ability to diagnose a defense and get the ball to where it needs to go is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, again, the reason that I rank this this way is not who's going to be better on day one in the NFL, uh, but who's going to be better on, you know, day 1,500, you know, five years, four or five years down the road. Um, that's, you know, when you're coming towards the end of that first contract and – you know, is this, is this, <laughs> which, a, is, which is year three now, right? Is this a franchise guy? Is this who we're going to hitch our wagons to long-term? Um, I know you can't remove the injury stuff. You can't just, you can't discount it. Yeah. So Tua won't be drafted ahead of Burrow no. and he may not even be drafted ahead of Jordan Love or Justin Herbert. It, it's sure. possible that he could fall below those guys. Um, but that's going to be all over medical concerns. It's not about his performance on the field because when he's on the field, he's unreal. Yeah, the one thing I saw recently, they're they're knocking uh, two of four, and beware, it is smokescreen season. But they're saying that he really padded his stats in a lot of uh, games the last couple of years against inferior talent, and was just there. I mean, Alabama they piss pound half the league, right? So that a lot of his big numbers came from those games. And if you look at just the, when he played top 10 teams, his numbers weren't as good. And, you know, so, but at that point you're really, you're splitting hairs, right. To find a reason to justify taking someone else. So like I had said, like if, if, uh, if you take away the hip, it's really close to me between those two. Um, and what the I, hell's I, going on around here? <laughs> I don't know. A conversion van and an old man. All what? came within my vision in no five seconds apart an old man walked by the window and then a conversion van pulled in the driveway what uh, what the hell is this (laughs) (laughs) sorry for the distraction there but that was weird (laughs) weird things are happening yeah get your social distancing out of here yeah um so yeah i think between the two i think you're you're really close um if everyone stays healthy it's a really close call and it's kind of a little bit of what you prefer i think um, I think Joe Burrow's bigger, going to stand in the pocket, going to feel that, that stuff moving in the pocket and making the bigger throws down the field. And I think Tua is going to get rid of the ball quickly. I think you put Tua on a West Coast offense with some guys who can run after the catch, and he's dangerous. And, you know, you could see that when he played at Alabama. Those slants yeah. are crisp. They're where they can catch it and keep moving. I mean, And he's got great deep balls as yeah. well. I mean, he, he lays the ball on the money deep. Both of these guys do. That's yeah. not a concern for, for the guys no. at the top of the top of the draft here. So uh, that's it. That's a wrap for us this week. Yeah. Next week we'll come back. What are we going to do next week? Who, who are we? Uh... Next week is O-line and D-line. Um, I think we're going to lump the tight ends in there too. Yeah. Because um, we are getting close to Tight the ends draft. and edge rushers with the yeah. D-line. Yeah. So so you're going to get a mix of uh, interior D-linemen and, and uh, edge rushers. Yep. And, um, then, and then we'll do the same thing. We'll do tackles and interior linemen. And I think we're going to throw the – 
the tight ends in there, and then the last week is going to be wide receiver and, and corners, which is always fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting close to the draft, and then the week after that will be our mock draft, yeah. um, our our first round um, mock draft where we alternate picks. Uh, we still haven't determined who's going to pick even and who's going to pick odd, um, you know. But we'll we'll probably do that with a coin toss day of and and yeah. make it make it even more interesting because I want it to be fluid. I want the draft to be. Um, you know, happening without preparation, really, or or an idea of what's happening. You know, you don't know who I'm going to select. I don't know who you're going to select, and then uh, it, it makes us prepare for all 32 picks in that first round. So yeah, and as you can hear, I mean, there, there's a couple of things going with that, right? So we obviously have different big boards, we have different rankings for people, but also our our thought on needs on teams are going to be different sometimes. Yeah. Um. So that should be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, um, excited to, to get back at this again next week. Uh, quick 40-minute pod here today, so hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we'll hit you up next week again uh, with another edition of Hammered Sports. Take it easy out there.